Alright, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. I am your host Memphis, at DFF Memphis on Twitter, and tonight's episode is going to be all about the NFC East. I had to break the NFC East up into two pieces because I would have better luck having the Bloods and the Crips on to talk about uh, peace in the streets than I would to have a Cowboys fan and an Eagles fan on the show. So tonight, I've got two special guests who are Eagles fans. And on Friday, I will have a Dallas Cowboys fan on the show. But before I get into all that, let me thank my sponsors and take care of them real quick. Are you looking to get in some action on the games this week? Well, head over to gtbets.eu and you can get hooked up for all your gaming needs. Look in the upper right-hand corner. You will see a refer by field. In that refer by field, all you have to do is enter in Warzone, spell it one word, W-A-R-Z-O-N-E, Warzone, and they will match your initial deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So if you were to, to deposit 500, they would match your 500 and you would have a thousand to play on to start the NFL preseason. We have the Hall of Fame game right around the corner and then we'll have preseason football and before you know it, the first week of September will be here and you will be looking live at some NFL action. So head on over to gtbets.eu. They'll get you hooked up. Remember the promo code WARZONE, all one word, and you'll be ready to go for the NFL season. So, all right, I am really excited for tonight's guest. So we'll give you some quick news. I have a ton of hot takes for you with my two guests, and I saved this episode just for these two guys because I know the hot takes are going to be very good, and it's training camp time. So... Let me go ahead and introduce these guys. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be on podcasts with both of these gentlemen before. So I'm going to start with my first guest. He is a writer for the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and he is the co-host of the Fantasy 40 podcast. You can find that on iTunes, all your podcast platforms. I did a mock draft with these guys uh, about a month or so back, and he co-hosts this podcast with John Dabari and Andrew Burke. And you can find him on Twitter at DFF underscore walk. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Walker. Matt, how are you? Doing great, man. You, you did the heavy lifting for me. I, I said I uh, wrote that down so I didn't mess it up. And uh, you, you, you took, that, uh, took that responsibility right away from me. So I appreciate it, Matt. I, I try to be a good host. And my next guest really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway because He's got a heck of a resume in the dynasty and fantasy landscape. He's the VP of quality control at the Dynasty Football Factory, as well as the editor or an editor at the DynastyFootballFactory.com. He is a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, and he writes for both the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and you can find his work at on Twitter at SportsRPhilly. And he is the co-host of the Dynasty Trades HQ with Michael Sipes. And Jeremy at DFF underscore Madman. You can find the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast wherever podcasts are found. Um, welcome to the show, the one, the only, Mr. Shane Manella. Shane, how are you tonight? I'm freaking awesome. I'm excited to be here with Walk. I'm excited to be here with you. This is my first appearance on the, the new Warzone. Um, so ready to rock, man. Well, man, I, I am too, and I don't know about you guys, but starting to see my Twitter timeline and 
my Roto World feed filled up with little bits of news and sure making the day go by quicker at work. How about you guys? I'll start with a walk. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year. You know, we're, uh, you know, got Canton around the corner where Brian Dawkins is, is going into the hall, so I'm already excited about that. And then we're kicking off football right behind that. News flowing fast and furious. You know, this is a exciting time in the, in the fantasy world. This is when it, it all starts mattering. Yeah, it just feels like the start of the regular season will be here before you know it. And Shane, what about you? How, how are you feeling to start this week at camp? Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Um, I don't really feel like there's ever a downtime since, you know, we do Dynasty. But it is, it's going to be nice to start seeing the, uh, the videos on our timelines. Um, it's going to be nice to be able to sell high on players because they got to practice with the ones, uh, you know, two days this week. So that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, th that's a very good point about being a dynasty. It really does never stop. And that, that is uh, one of the mantras you'll hear in dynasty is always be building, always be making your team better. Because we'll roll right out of the Super Bowl and we'll start right into our rookie draft prep. Well, listen, I have three pieces of news I want to I want to start with before we hit the, uh, the hot takes. So Julio Jones is going to hold out. He wants a contract modification. We talked about this on the War Zone a few weeks ago. I, 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 I think he is. I think he is wanting. I think he is wanting just a little bit more money from the the Falcons. I mean, he signed a five-year deal. It was a pretty lucrative deal at the time, but now he wants to be paid on par of his his contemporaries. So Shane, what do you think? Does Julio deserve a contract modification? Um. Yeah. Yes. Did you want any more than that? No. I mean, if you, no. It's, no, it's yeah, pretty simple. I mean, here, what most football players, I believe they should get every last red cent they can get, mostly because they're the treated like disposable garbage. Well, I guess all garbage is disposable, huh? Well, most of it, at least. I mean, um, unless you dump it in the landfill out there on the East Coast yeah. somewhere. That's true. Maybe biodegradable garbage. But they're treated like trash, basically. Um, you know, the, the owners... We'll sign them for as little as possible. They lock them up in those long rookie deals. Uh, if you underperform a contract, they're quick to get out of it. And if you outperform a contract, they're quick to tell you that you signed a contract. So I, I'm always pulling for the players because screw management. No, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, even though he signed the contract, if he was underpaying, you know, much like Latavius Murray did recently, he'd be taking a pay cut. So I think you get everything you can while you can get it. So what about you, Walk? Anything on the Julio situation? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything Shane said, but I'm a, I'm a do-it-in-your-contract-year guy. You got two years left. You you were one of the highest paid when you signed it. You know things are going to change over the course of a deal. I, I, I'm a report-to-camp guy at this point. You can hold out in your last year. There's some people that deserve it, guys like Julio, who got that big deal you know, in their time. You know, Just kind of be a good soldier, report-to-camp. They already told them there's no, there's, there's no money in the budget this year. It'll deal with them in the offseason, and... Uh, I'm I'm more in that camp, but to Shane's point, I agree. These dudes put their bodies, you know, on the line every week for our enjoyment, you know, and they're, you know, they're disposable largely, and these owners are making money hand over fist. So, it's 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 a tough deal, but I'm a I'm a honor your contract guy. I got to be honest with you, Walk. I I almost pulled out a a boo on you right there. Yeah, I, I started listen, I almost started booing you. Wouldn't surprise me. I, I think. Curse on my lips. It was I, coming out. 
I think you'll see more guys start signing those Kirk Cousins type contracts, shorter with more money guaranteed, and I think it's the only smart way to go. Well, speaking of someone who's playing for a new contract, and this was a really weird situation yesterday, was the Josh Gordon news. And all of a sudden, everybody was, he failed a drug test and this and that. And from everything I've read, including Adam Schefter, and regardless of what you think of Shefty, he is as connected as anyone in the league. And it looks like he's not facing a suspension. And he's just looking to make sure his mind is right. And one, one thing, I think there's a hard knocks as, aspect of this. But the one thing that I personally thought of is this guy's playing for that big money deal. I mean, we'll talk about the, the money that Todd Gurley just got here in a second. But he's yet to have that big money deal. He's playing for life-changing money for him and his family for the next couple of generations. And that's a lot of pressure for anybody, but it's even more pressure for someone who's a recovering addict. So if he took a step away proactively to get away from the pressure and even hard knocks, because I feel like that would just set you up for failure. They want to see you fail. They want the drama. That's what HBO pays for. So if he did it to get away from this and to get his mind right so he can come back and ball, I'm all about it. What do you say, Shane? You uh, you on Josh Gordon or off Josh Gordon? I'm, I'm all right. So I'm gonna look at this from two 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 different aspects. For fantasy, I I've, I haven't been able to buy back in on him because I just I I don't think he's ever gonna he's never gonna play a full season again. I just I don't see it. He's got too many issues with the drugs, and there's obviously alcohol issues too, I believe, and there's some definitely some deeper seated issues there that you need to step away so that you don't use which you know as a human being i applaud him for because that that's great um that you do that rather than start using again but as a fantasy football asset i just i can't buy him he's just not worth the price to me i saw in a, one of the leagues i'm in somebody traded a first for him yesterday and that just boggles my mind because the guy hasn't even been on the field really for four years he played I, I forget what he played last year five i think it was five or six games. games yeah yeah you know and how many setbacks has he had like i i was on that roller coaster with him um our good buddy john dabari wrote an article about the roller coaster of josh gordon last year before he came back and i just i can't get on it with him his risk risk factors are just, they don't outweigh the talent for me i can't buy in on him no, that's fair. What What about you, Walker? Are you buying Gordon? Are you fading him? What are you doing with Josh Gordon? Listen, I'm in, I'm in a uh, I'm in cryogenesis right now with, with Josh Gordon. I'm uh, I'm I'm not moving. Um, he it, it it's a little concerning that he waits right until the, the onset of camp to release this information. It didn't seem like the Browns were really aware. The NFL didn't really release a declarative statement as to what's going on and what type of recourse they were going to take. It's just largely confusing i mean if he's doing it for all the right reasons more power to him i agree with what you're saying he's he, he's staring at life-changing opportunity right in the face and you know three of us can't understand the pressure of being uh, an nfl player and that high profile with all those strikes against him you know couple that with everything shane said that he's already dealing with demons you know i can't can't imagine what what type of pressure that brings so i'm just in a wait and see mode with him right now but we all know he has the talent. I mean, this this guy was wide receiver one, you know, in, in a bad Cleveland team, and look, they're turning a corner, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, and he has that upside. So, I'm I'm listening. Yeah, I, I'm the kind of guy that I will have one asset like that on my rosters. I am in nine leagues, and I have Josh Gordon on two, and that's a good enough ratio for me. 
Uh, I think he's a win now piece. I think he's a championship piece. And if you have him on a roster that's less than, I would be looking to move him. But uh, speaking of guys who just got paid and might be going out on Friday night, would be Todd Gurley. My man just got a four-year, $60 million contract extension uh, with $45 million guaranteed. And for a running back, that is ginormous, huge, unbelievable money. And with it being an extension, it should last him all the way till his, we figured this up when we were talking pre-show, about till 2930. So this should keep him in L.A. for a long, long time. So there's some stability with Jared Goff and a good offense. Uh, do you think Todd Gurley stays hungry? You know, Sugar Ray Leonard once said it's hard to wake up for a championship fight when you're getting out of silk sheets every morning. You know, how do you feel about that, Walker? Is, is Gurley going to uh, show up and be ready to, to fight the world now that he got paid? Listen, I'm just thinking about silk sheets right now and uh, how comfortable they would be. I don't think I've ever slept on silk sheets, but he looks like a guy that loves football. You know, he, he likes to compete, and this team's built around Todd Gurley, it's not built around Jared Goff or any of those receivers or anyone else. Is, you know, McVay's built that team around Gurley, and you know they're committed to him. So my my primary dynasty team is extremely happy that they locked him up, and I think McVay's a really creative guy that unlocked him in the passing game. So I don't have any concerns um, of him staying hungry uh, over the next few years. He doesn't strike me as that guy. What about you, Shane? You uh, you still very bullish on TG three? Yeah, I have no fears. I mean, in general, to, to reach the NFL, the, the drive that you have to have inside of you is insane to begin with. I mean, most of these guys, you know, went to college, and even though they were treated better than most collegians, they, they still weren't, you know, they didn't come from the best circumstances, and it's not like they were paid well, a lot in college. They probably got paid a little bit, but... um it's that internal drive that keeps them going. That That's what makes the great players great is that regardless of how well things are going, they don't stop working out. They don't stop exercising. They don't stop trying to get better. And that's, that's, he's, that's the type of dude he is. I'm just mad that I didn't push harder to try to buy him in uh, leagues before last season. I put out like half me- mediocre half attempts to try to get him in a lot of leagues and I didn't pull it off and I'm, really disappointed in myself i didn't try harder yeah you didn't get that jeff fisher discount no no you know what's funny is his adp dropped but uh his price via trade in uh in a lot of leagues didn't really drop yeah i i I have todd Gurley in one league and I, i do like todd Gurley, and i think it was very well said that he is the focus of that offense the la rams will go as todd Gurley goes and jared goff will play his part but uh, enough about the news. If, if you don't have a Roto-Wire feed, or what I suggested a couple of shows ago, get you that uh, Jerry Colangelo Twitter burner hand account and just follow every beat reporter you can find for every team. It's a great scroll this time of the year. Um, it'll give you a nice change of pace for fantasy. And then you can come back and tell me and Shane and Walk what knuckleheads we are because the beat writer said X. So I'm going you know, to let Walk go first. Walk, give us your first hot take for the 2018 NFL season. Well, I just want to say Colangelo was very topical with two Philly guys uh, on this pod tonight. That was not by accident, sir. I feel like that was kind of a burn. Like, he he was coming at us a little bit. I'm not going to come at two Philly fans. I don't know that I would come at one, much less two. 
Yeah, well, listen, it, it was virtual. He, everyone's a tough guy on uh, on Skype, right? But no, that was that was that was amazing. A great transition. So, thanks for letting me start off. I'm going to try and get hot right out of the box and go with one of my guys. And I'm going to say that Aaron Jones, Green Bay running back, will outscore slug Jamal Williams by over a hundred fantasy points this season. Wow, a hundred! You and you called him a slug. Yeah, Jamal Williams isn't good at football. Shane, where are you at with this Green Bay backfield? Yeah, man, I love Aaron Jones. Um, what walk, man, I love it. Uh, he's he's given Jamal Williams a two-game uh, head start, and he's still going to outscore him by 100 fantasy points. So you think he's just taking that job in week three? This is where I'm at. Week one, they're home against Chicago. They were 11th-ranked run defense last year. Week two, home against Minnesota, two-ranked run defense last year. Week three, Aaron Jones comes back. They they faced the Washington Redskins, the 32-ranked <laughs> rush defense last year. Two subpar games, to put it mildly, probably by Jamal Williams with some Ty Montgomery sprinkled in. They're going to be chomping at the bit to get Aaron Jones out there fresh in week three. I love it. I, love I, I, I like it as well. I, I, I just want a part of the Green Bay running back situation. Whatever's cheapest, because I'm, I'm cheap and I'm not 100% as sold as Walk is on on this, but you want running backs on good teams. Good teams produce good running backs. It's it's a, it's a proven statistic. So, Shane, uh, don't want to go nuclear yet, but give us your first hot take for 2018. Damn, my, my take's all mediocre after that. I mean... I'm going to have to bump this up. So originally I was saying Amari Cooper was going to be a wide receiver one. So a top 12 wide receiver looking at it. I was like, eh, that, that's just kind of hot. So I was like, all right, I'll say a top 10 finish. But after walks take, I'm going to bump Amari up to, he's going to be a top six wide receiver in 2018. Here, here. That That's one that, that I can certainly get behind. I am a, I'm not quite the level of Amari Cooper truther that you are, but I believe in the talent. I believe in the head coach. I know we like to make fun of Gruden because he's funny and he says goofy stuff, but he has got a track record of feeding the wide receiver one. And Matthew Barry dropped some ridiculous stats that when Amari Cooper gets like 10 targets, he averages like 21 PPR points a game. When he gets eight targets, he averages like 18 points a game. And if that holds true and John Gruden's past holds true of feeding the wide receiver one mark to call him a top five is, is is a hot take now I don't think it will be once the season gets going where, where are you at with Amari Cooper walk yeah I'm a I'm a truther so I'm, I'm there I think the talent is undeniable it's been situational and, and only a guy that's already surpassed 3,000 yards in his first three years with and I don't have the touchdowns in front of me but it's been productive for three years can can get as much bad pub as Amari Cooper. My problem with Cooper is I'm not a car believer. I don't think he's a good quarterback um, at all. I think Gruden's system should maximize uh, what Cooper can be. I'm not scared of Jordy Nelson. I think his time has come and gone. Martavis Bryant, I'd like, but listen, we were just talking about Josh Gordon. Martavis Bryant's another one who's one strike away from not being relevant. And then my uh, my tight end, Banky, uh, Jared Cook, is the only other one that's sucking away targets in that offense. So I can easily see 150 targets for Amari Cooper this year, and that's how you get into the top six in wide receivers. Yeah, and, you know, and that's what I, I'm sorry. I was I was just looking at, you know, some of Gruden's stats, and I was looking at Greg Olson, the, the bad offensive coordinators, uh, coaching stats using FF statistics, our buddy Addison's site. 
And um, I just noticed both of them had a couple outlier seasons. Um, Gruden, on average, his wide receiver one sees a 25% uh, target share. He had two seasons that were a little above that. Well, one really above it. Um, 31, it was 31% in 2005. Yeah, and that was a year he had uh, Joey Galloway. And then the next receiver that I guess you could call wide receiver two on that team was Michael Clayton. Yeah. Um, Michael yeah. Clayton reference. You don't get many of those in fantasy no, these days. No. He, he, he burned bright and flamed out quickly. Yeah. And then Greg Olson, I was looking at his. He also had a season where he had uh, his wide receiver one with over 30% target share. And it was the year uh, he was the OC for the greatest show on turf, the Rams, when they had Torrey Holt and they had Isaac Bruce's corpse. He was uh, 34 at that point. So I don't know. It just strikes me as being very similar to the situation. Who just didn't look very good last year. Like you said, Walk Martavius, who's might be getting suspended. I mean, we, you know, the last thing we heard on Roto World, I believe, was that there that there were some rumors about him being suspended. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. So I'm thinking Omari might see insane numbers. Not not DeAndre Hopkins, 190 targets, but if he gets into the 150s, 160s, 170s, he, he's going to put up some ridiculous numbers. Yeah, Fantasy Pros ADP right now has him as wide receiver 17. Criminal. That's wrong. Criminal. That's very wrong. They've, they've, they've put people in jail for less. So listen, I'll, I'll give you my first one. And I'm saying that Kyle Rudolph will be a top three tight end again. And he will finish ahead of Gronk. I think Kelsey and Ertz will still, yeah, yeah, I, yes, that's correct. Don't let the fact that Gronk played uh, double in, into the teens last year fool you. Uh, a gentleman you guys are both familiar with, and that's the new offensive coordinator. I forget his first name, but his last name's DeFilippo. Anybody first name? Is it John? John. John. So in his, in his six seasons as either a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator, he is provided a top six tight end in four of those six seasons. And in five of those six seasons, the tight end has gotten 100 targets or more. You add in some stats that I will provide with Kirk Cousins later as we go around the NFC East, and I just think it's, it's a recipe for success for Kyle Rudolph. Uh, he's a big red zone target. He's had three seasons of seven or more touchdowns. I don't think that he's going to get the Sammy Biscuits 132 targets that he had in 2018, but I don't think he'll need him because I think he's going to produce the, top, the, the touchdown volume. Kyle Rudolph back as a tight end top three option. What do you think, Shane? Am I crazy? You know, it, it, it didn't even hit me until you said that he was passing Gronk. That's when it really like sucked in like, oh, shit, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty hot take. I, I can see it because of the touchdown upside. But I am gonna, I'm gonna have faith in Gronk staying healthy this year, and I think Engram's gonna be up there, and I think he'll be just outside of the top five. Okay, so I'm but not I too see, far. I can definitely, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Though. He's very underappreciated, Kyle Rudolph. And he's only 28. You know, people think he's a little bit older than, than he is, but he's been around for a long time. And he's really hitting for a tight end. He's hitting his prime. So, what do you think, Walk? And then, Walk, tell us what you think about Kyle Rudolph and then hit us with your second one. Yeah, well, listen, my Scott Fishbowl team sure hopes you're right because Kyle Rudolph's my uh, starting tight end uh, in that league. So, uh, I'm there with you. I think uh, 
Cousins, you know, whether it was Jordan Reed or it was because of Cousins, you know, clearly they had an affinity uh, for throwing it to the tight end, and I hope that transitions to Rudolph because he has high tight end, he has high touchdown upside, and honestly, besides Kelsey and Gronk, so whoever you want to put it one and two, I know you you bumped Gronk down, but it's it's a toss up outside of that. I know Ertz finally got up there, but it, it took him long enough, and then you know the Delaney Walker, Evan Ingram, Jack Doyle, Jimmy Graham triumvirate they're not insurmountable uh for someone like kyle rudolph to pass in 2018 so it's hot because of the gronk take i don't know that it's hot because you're saying he's going to be tight end three all right we'll hit us with number two all right so we're just we're just gonna we're gonna simmer because you said you said don't really go too hot and you know, i think the Aaron jones thing might have caught some off guard so i'm gonna say doug baldwin is a top five ppr wide receiver this year um, not too much of a stretch. He's been 9, 8, and 14 the last three years. 175 targets left Seattle in Paul Richardson and, and Jimmy Graham last year, including a lot of red zone work, and they replaced it with Brandon Marshall and little else, Jerron Brown. I think Doug Baldwin's staring at that magical 150 target mark this year. And with that comes the top five uh, wide receiver season. Do you see, do you see that, Shane? I, I, I can see how you get there. The only thing is, is that offense scares the shit out of me because there really is no one outside of Doug Baldwin and uh, Rashad Penny and Russell. It, it, I, I have a feeling that defense is going to be so bad this year That's that they're going to, yeah, they're, they're going to throw a ton and they're going to need to throw a ton. And yeah, th- there might be some games where Doug's got 10 receptions on 18 or 19 targets. I could see it. I can see it. I see how you get there. But I'm just I'm just worried how bad that offense could end up being. My- yeah, that's part of, the, part of the reason behind it is because I think the defense is going to be terrible. I think they have limited options on offense, and I think Russell's going to fall back to, to who he knows and who he trusts, and that's Doug Baldwin and a little bit of Tyler Lockett. I, I think that's very fair. My, my, my one concern is that he is the only show in town. And with the improved corners in L.A., when they went out and got Tlaib and Marcus Peters, and then you add in the fact that he faces Patrick Peterson twice a year, I'm not so much concerned about Richard Sherman at this point. But that's four games where he's going to be facing some jam-up defensive backs. So that could limit it, but I definitely see wide receiver one all day, every day. I'm going to save my, my, uh, my Cowboys hot take for last and oh no, i'm sorry it's shane's turn i apologize well, i was just thinking your cowboys one's probably that they're gonna go oh and 16 and no, i don't think that's a hot that. take at all <laughs> i mean I, I think we're pretty much all in agreement that that's probably what's gonna happen it's a fact take yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or was it that zeke's gonna be suspended again no we'll, we'll, we'll wait we'll wait give us number two shane. yeah yeah he does look chunky man what is wrong with zeke man he is He's going to get himself out of the league one way or the other. He's going to he eat himself out or get himself suspended out. I don't know. So, again, my takes don't feel hot enough. So, I'm going to go with this. <sighs> so, the New York football giants will have a wide receiver one, a tight end one, and a running back one next season. I like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, my only uh, what, uh, Odell, given barring injury, Barkley almost a given bar, you know, with, with volume. I'm not an Evan Ingram guy, personally. Um, I, I couldn't wait to sell him in an orphan I picked up. Uh, I think he was a product of having nothing else last year, and he wasn't efficient in his targets, and he's not getting the targets that he had last year. So I'm a little concerned on the Evan Ingram side. The other two, I think, bar an injury, almost slam dunk lock. So I question the Evan Ingram part of that equation. 
I agree. So I will say that the Evan Ingram, I can see him being a tight end one just because the competition you mentioned earlier, Walk, is, is not stellar and does not concern me. So for him to be a PPR tight end one feels right. So I agree with those. But with that being said, where does Eli Manning finish? If, you, if you've got a tight end one, a wide receiver one, a running back one, and you still got Sterling Shepard there, where does Eli finish in this equation? I know the answer. It's QB 32. Yeah, here's the thing. So (laughs) I'm looking up Schumer's QB averages, and they average as QB 22. I didn't even bother looking up Eli's because it almost doesn't matter because he's mediocre at best. He's just – he won a couple of Super Bowls because of his defense and just ridiculous plays that, I don't know, God blessed him on those plays or something. So people are fooled into thinking he's a good quarterback, and he never really has been. But – you don't really need to be that good of a quarterback to still produce and put up numbers. I mean, he, he could still probably drop 4,300 yards this year, close to 30 touchdowns, but he'll throw 20 interceptions. So as long as you're not in a league that penalizes you for interceptions, I think you'll be fine, but most leagues do. So he'll probably – he's not going to be a QB1. I'll give him middle QB2. I'll say he's like – QB 18. Eli has one QB one season since 2012. How many does a man yeah. need? <laughs> I, uh, well, I'll, I'll move on to number two real quick, and that is that Kareem Hunt will not finish as an RB1 or a top 12 option. Any time I say an RB, a QB1, I always think of top 12 because I think the standard league and most of our leagues are 12. There's some 10-man, some 16-man out there, but uh, I, I have him as my running back 14 for 2018, so – I have the likes of, obviously, Gurley Bell, DJ, Zeke, Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Fournette, Kamara, Freeman, Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Jarek McKinnon all ahead of him. And that's just off the, 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 the top of my sheet here. It's not that I don't like the talent, but remember, Spencer Ware is supposed to be back. He's supposed to be ready for the start of the season. And Spencer Ware, just two years ago, had over 1,300 all-purpose yards. And he was listed as the starter last year. I'm not saying that Spencer Ware comes in and surplants hunt as the lead back but i could see it to where this becomes more of like a 65 35 type thing and if that if kansas city's making any kind of a playoff run they'll back him down and use more wear to try to save him for the for the playoffs and i think that'll be good for the chiefs i don't think it'll be good for fantasy owners so i've got hunt outside of the the top 12 this year shane are you buying that no no and i've, I've come a far away from that too because i i really there was just something I didn't trust about Hunt. I, I don't know what it was because it wasn't his play on the field because every time I watched the guy, I, I was freaking amazed. I think I was a little worried about the, the Spencer Ware and that you know there, there's going to be more of a time split because like you said, I, I think last year their goal was definitely not to give Kareem Hunt 90% of the carries or whatever it worked out to be. That, um, you know, their, their playing going into the season, I think, was probably a 50-50 split and maybe towards the end of the year, you know, Hunt would have taken over that 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 lead back role. But now Ware doesn't it's not he doesn't scare me. He's he's a six round draft pick. He had, you know, one good season. He's coming back off of whatever that injury was last year that, that cost him most of the year. Dual ligament. Just, yeah, it it wasn't good. That's all I know. because um, it's not a common one. Um I just I don't I'm not afraid of Ware. And I think with a rookie quarterback, basically a rookie quarterback, one game under his belt with Mahomes, you know, you're going to want to lean on the running game a little bit more. And, 
Andy Reid is a lot of things. Um, no, I won't say anything bad about him. I want a Super Bowl now. I don't need to. Um, Andy reads a lot of things, but stupid is he is not. He's going to know not to to overburden Pat Mahomes, and he's going to know to to depend on that running game. And I think that's going to be Hunt. I, I think that's a fair counterpoint. If there's one thing that Andy Reid has done throughout his career, has produced solid running back play for fantasy. Walk, give me your take on my Kareem Hunt hot take, and then give us your third and final one. Yeah. Um... Kareem Hunt was like a roller coaster last year, and I just pulled up his his game logs and realized between week six and twelve he was he was just burying you almost every week, um, short of one decent PPR week in week six. And then it was when uh, Nagy took over calling plays. I think he really had a nice run down the the end. But yeah, I don't think two hundred seventy two carries and fifty three catches is in the offing again this year. So it wouldn't surprise me. Um, he has big touchdown upside. He can break a, a run uh, from anywhere. But the names that you mentioned, you know, none of them uh, were. Were, you know, kind of shocking to me uh, that they could finish above Hunt. I'm a big Jarek McKinnon guy, so I liked hearing his name, and the rest are, are all, you know, household names. So that wouldn't surprise me, to be totally honest with you, because I think he's going to get less work. All right, and number three. When is the, when's the Chiefs bye week next year? Anyone know yet? I'm sure we could figure that oh, out. Week 12. All right, well, that doesn't help me then. Because, you know, Andy Reid, every year when he was in Philadelphia, would rediscover the, the run game after the bye week. But that wouldn't help my cause. Might be good anyway. for the fantasy playoffs then going into week 13. That's true. But if it's week 12, I believe the Scott Fishbowl playoffs start that week. So that's bad. All right, Walker, give us number three. All right. Uh, I wrote about 10. So uh, I'm going to shuffle the deck up and just uh, pick the one that I think might come across as hottest. And, Somehow staying in Green Bay and staying with an Aaron. And I'm saying Aaron Rodgers goes scorched earth on the NFL this year, tosses 50 touchdowns, becomes only the third quarterback to do so, joining Tom Brady and 55 Peyton Manning. Wow. I could, I, I, I hope so. Because I've, I've, I've got Geronimo yeah. Allison dirt cheap on a, lot, on, a lot of, on a lot of rosters out there. And if uh, and I'm not a Randall Cobb guy, so that, that would be good for – for my Devontae Adams shares and my Geronimo Allison. What do you think about that, Shane? Yeah, I, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, you would have named any other quarterback. I would have been like, meh. Well, outside of Carson Wentz, of course. Any other quarterback, I'd be like, meh. But I don't put anything past Aaron Rodgers if he stays on the field for 16 games. Um, the wide receiver core does scare me a little bit outside of, you know, Devontae Adams. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get any more concussions this year. Um, because if he were to go down, then it's really not a, a good wide receiving core. There's a what you know the three rookies, late round draft picks. Uh, I guess you'd move Ty Montgomery back to wide receiver. You got Randall Cobb, like you said, Geronimo probably would need to step up. Um, yes, if Devontae Adams can stay healthy, he's got Jimmy Graham there now, who's you know if nothing, if he's nothing, he. He's at least an end zone threat. So I don't want to agree because I hate agreeing too much. So I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say he finishes with 49 and Jimmy Graham drops to 50th in the end zone, the final game of the season. And then Walk hates me forever. Would only be that, that, that is classic. And this is going to sound crazy. But I mean, for Aaron Rodgers, that's only an average of three. If he plays all 16, it's only an average of just over three a game, which he is extremely capable of doing. So. All right, Shane, speaking of threes, give us your third. 
Yeah, all my takes were just mediocre at best, so I apologize for that. So my last one is, and I'm going to just, you know, screw it. I'm going to have to bump this one up. Uh, it was originally Sammy Watkins is a top 24 wide receiver in 2018, but that, that doesn't feel hot enough. So I moved Amari up. I'm going to have to bump Watkins up. Uh, yeah, you know what? Screw screw the world. He's going to be a wide receiver one in 2018. Woo! Through the world, yeah. I, 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 I like it. That that is well. I, I can see. I I can tell you that Shane is a man of conviction because myself, JD from the Goat District, and Nate from the Goat District. He recently uh, worked us over on a trade. He sent us Tyreek Hill for the one zero nine and a twenty nineteen first. So he is a man who backs up this hot take with uh, with action. He shipped us a bill of goods apparently in Tyreek Hill. I could see it. I mean, I'm I'm still a Sammy truther. The one downside to me is that he's on his third team in five years. And I know some of that's not his fault, but much like relationships, if you interact with a young lady or if you're a young lady or whatever and you, you meet someone and they're on their third marriage, there's probably a reason. You know, someone didn't want them or they did something really stupid. So that, that that's my one concern in the back of my mind. Walker, where are you at with this? I love it. Uh, I'm a huge Watkins guy. I, that was one I had written down, so I'm glad I didn't say it. I, I said Tyreek Hill is going as wide receiver 10, Watkins is wide receiver 27. I said I could see those two flipping and seeing Watkins finish as wide receiver 10 and Tyreek as wide receiver 27 because he had 105 targets last year, Tyreek Hill. He's the only wide receiver in the top 10 that had less than 143 targets. It's just not repeatable, and his targets aren't going up with Sammy Watkins there. I think Sammy's a true one. They paid him. He's going to get the target volume outside of Kelsey. And I think he's the he's the one to profiles as the the alpha there now and the the wide receiver one in KC. Especially in the red zone because I I know Tyreek Hill. I mean, I'm kind of worried for Kelsey. I took Kelsey in the Scott Fishbowl, and I think Sammy's a legit threat to his red zone market share. What were you going to say there, Shane? Yeah, no. Well, here's the thing too. Mahomes hasn't used a tight end since high school. I mean, he he played in the air raid offense in college. Um, he probably hasn't used a condom since high school either. But. Yeah, but that, that, that's okay because Travis Kelsey is not really a tight end anyway. I mean, he's yeah. Pe- I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's more he's basically a giant wide receiver. But yeah, no, I think like Walk was saying with the hill, with the, the hill's definitely not a you know um, a red zone threat or a goal line threat. Um, yeah, it's going to be Watkins and Kelsey. And I, I, I know it feels kind of crowded there, but when you think about it, there's really only four guys on that team that should have ever touched the ball between Kelsey Hill, Hunt, and um, the other guy, Watkins, that guy, yeah, him. I, I, um, <laughs> so I was going to say, you think back of the goodness that you saw a few years ago with Jeremy Macklin in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, and I, I could just see Sammy Watkins filling that kind of a role and easily being a wide receiver one. And here's the thing, Watkins is a more complete receiver. I like Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't want to bash him in any way, I think, you know. But like Walk was saying, like the targets are low, the touchdowns have been a little high. He scored a lot of, you know, 20-yard-plus touchdowns, just things that, that, that typically aren't sustainable. And for the first time in a long time, Sammy Watkins is finally healthy. He's got the big contract. He's actually won it somewhere. He's with a quarterback that should play to a skill set. And he's just a more complete receiver. I think he's going to, yeah, I think he's going to be a beast this year. And if he is, I'm going to have a great fantasy year since I own him everywhere. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to send you, uh, you Eagles fans home, 
happy on my third hot take, and that is that Ezekiel Elliott will not finish as a top five PPR back. He will finish outside the top five. I don't think that Jason Garrett can get his head out of his backside long enough to realize that he's the best player. And one of the biggest things, and I'll give you the guys that I have finish ahead of him, I have Barkley, uh, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell all finish ahead of him. I have Bar- I have uh, Zeke finishing sixth, and I have Leonard Fournette and Alvin Kamara right there on his heels. So uh, I, the one thing that scares me for Zeke, if you're a defensive coordinator, quick question, who are you game planning for? You worried about Allen the Hitman Hearns? Are you worried about Michael Gallup? Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Yeah, his rap yeah. game. His rap game's strong. His uh, his intimidating the defense, not so strong. You're going to do what Denver did last year in, in week two. Now, Denver did it in a different way because at the time, Dallas still had Dez, but they had a keep to leave. And they just manned up those wide receivers on the outside, and they really focused that defense on Zeke. And that gives me pause. That, that makes me concerned that it's a monkey-see, monkey-do league. You don't have outstanding wide receivers. You have good corners in that league as well with Janoris Jenkins and uh, Josh Norman. And I'm drawing the blank on the Eagles' best corner. Someone help me out. Kenyon. They, they, they're really not that good. Okay, well, right. maybe, maybe the hitman Hearns can have his game that week. But I'm stacking the box, and I'm making Dak and that second fiddle wide receiver core beat me. So I'm sorry. I love Zeke. I, I, I like watching him play. Uh, I've said lots of good things about him, but I think he's going to be a victim of the circumstance. So not a top five. Do you guys, how you guys feel about that, Walker? I see you smiling. Yeah, listen, uh, I, I'm I'm good with it. I don't own him anywhere, so I I hope he falls on his face for personal and fantasy reasons. But you referenced uh, Fournette, and I'd rather talk about him because I can see Fournette having the year that Zeke did his rookie year. And I was just looking at his count stats where Zeke had 1,600 with 15 rushing touchdowns. I can see Fournette doing that this year. I think Fournette is sneaky value outside of kind of that big five uh, running back. So I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think Zeke could, could do a little tumble because he has the passing game chops, but Dallas just doesn't use him in that way. Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be silly and give that to Devon Austin. All right, give us, uh, give us your quick uh, thoughts on my Zeke take, and we'll start breaking down uh, the East. I, 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 I don't want to say Zeke's going to do anything good, so I'm going to agree with you. Screw Zeke. <laughs> all right well. Now, as, well here's the only thing i think they're going to be forced to throw the ball to him a lot because he's the only weapon on that team so they're going to have to find a way to get the ball into his hand so he might end up with 50 receptions and sneak into that top five i, I hope so because if you looked at his play card from last year in the first two weeks he had nine receptions and then all of a sudden over the last uh like the seven games that he played there at and then the last two he averaged like one or two it's like, come on, guys. He is li- literally the best player on your team. But listen, speaking of teams, it's time. I'm, we're, I'm saving the Eagles for last. So, Walker, you can go ahead and hang out and get ready because we're going to let the Eagles bring this one home. But I'm, I'm going uh, to jump in here with the Redskins. And we'll talk about their QB, Alex Smith. I, I think there's zero drop-off from Alex Smith to Kirk Cousins. I went back and looked at Jay Gruden since he became a offensive coordinator for the Bengals in 2011. He has produced a top 12 or a quarterback one in five of seven seasons. He's had four top eight QB seasons, and that's with Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. Kirk, and, and he did have, and this is his QB finishes in his career as an OC or an HC. 15, 12, 5. The 5 was Andy Dalton. There was the little blip in 2014, which is with the blended year between Kirk Cousins and RG3. Then in 
15, 16, 17 with Cousins. Cousins went 8, 5, and 6. I, I think that if you can get Alex Smith cheap, he's only 34, which 34 in the NFL is a bit old, but you look at Tom Brady playing till 40. Aaron Rodgers said he wants to play till 40. And, you know, Drew Brees is playing at 39. There's no reason to think that with the kind of game that Alex Smith plays that he can't play another three or four good seasons. So look, I'm, I'm looking to buy Alex Smith. Now, this is where it gets concerning, these next two positions, and that is running. That is in running back. In seven seasons as an offensive coordinator or head coach, Jay Gruden has produced zero RB1s in seven seasons. The closest he ever had was Giovanni Bernard in 2013, where he finished as running back 13. And in 2014, Alfred Morris finished as the running back 17. Another thing that concerns me about Jay Gruden and the running backs is that over the course of those seven years, his, his running backs average 85 targets a season. That's five a game. It's a PPR world. So as, as much as you know, I like Darius Geis and Chris Thompson, I think Fat Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan might as well uh, be looking for jobs as FedEx guys and who knows what else, maybe professional dog walker. But I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the running game. I think if I had to pick one, uh, I don't want to drive John Don Sheps crazy because he is a Geis truther deluxe. But I'm, I'm on Chris Thompson. And then I will move over to the wide receivers. And it's equally as sparse under Jay Gruden as it is at running back. He's had two wide receiver one seasons in his entire career. And those were both A.J. Green. Maybe you've heard of him. He's good at football. Uh, but outside of that, his entire time in Washington, his best wide receiver finish on a season was 23. And that was Deshaun Jackson in 14 and Pierre Garçon at 16. Uh, Jamison Crowder was wide receiver 31 in 2016. I'm fading all of them because I have no idea who to buy. Maybe one of these guys, when I pass it around to them, will tell me, but i tell you who I am on, the tight end. If you get Jordan Reed, then get Vernon Davis because uh, both Alex Smith and Jay Gruden love the tight end. Alex Smith, his last seven seasons, he's produced three top ten tight end seasons, and he's, uh, he's had nine years where he's made tight ends relevant between Vernon Davis and Travis Kelsey. It, just lots of good things there. He's had two tight end two overall seasons with Vernon Davis, and he's had two tight end number one overall seasons with Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey also had an eight and a six finish with Alex Smith. So there's my quick rundown on the Redskins. Guys, I'm buying. I'm buying Reed and Vernon Davis dirt cheap, but I want to get both because I want this the tight, call it Washington tight end. It's like if you play Madden, Bill Belichick won't let you use his name. So it says New England coach. I just want Washington tight end on my team. Don't care who it is, as long as I have them. I'll buy Alex Smith cheap. And if I can sell the running backs for what they're going for currently at ADP, I'll gladly fade them. I would love to see one wide receiver step up, whether that's Crowder or Doxon. Hopefully Doxon. I'm kind of invested. But that's where I'm at with the 2018 Redskins. Shane, how'd I do? What do you think? Am I crazy? Am I not crazy? Um... Let's see, Chris Thompson, I can understand not wanting to buy in him. I'm hoping he has a, a good, solid three-game three run so I can sell whatever stock I have left in him. It's another hell yes. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't think he's built to stay healthy. The guys, and you know, I know some people don't believe in injury-prone or <clears throat> you know, the injuries aren't related. The guys just unfortunately had a, a history of significant injuries, like career-threatening injuries going back to college. Uh, Vernon Davis, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, I'm thinking you could probably ship out a couple third 
round rookie picks for Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed. And just, yeah, like you said, just stream them, um, which is what a lot of us end up doing with tight ends anyway. Um, Vernon Davis, typically when he gets in there, he performs if they throw the ball to him. And Alex Smith does love the tight end. And he and Vernon Davis do have that connection from San Francisco, I don't know, probably a decade ago now. And we know what Jordan Reed can do if he actually stays healthy. I'm, I'm with you. I'm buying Josh Doxon because I think he's the most talented wide receiver on that team. I, I still love Jam- Jamison Crowder, though. I think Alex Smith is going to target him somewhere in the neighborhood of 130 times, and Jamison Crowder is going to be a, probably a low-end wide receiver, too. I'm not touching Paul Richardson because even in his breakout season last year, I think he saw, what, 750 yards, so it really wasn't that impressive. And I'm not buying Alex Smith. I, I think at, last year was a complete outlier as to what he is. Um, you know, he, he took – he took a lot more deep attempt or he tried a lot, took it, took a lot more deep shots last year than he typically does. Uh, they didn't really, that's not something that he, he likes to do. He doesn't like throwing in contested areas. I just, I don't like Alex Smith. Yes, he has the rushing ability, but he tries that in that NFC East and Malcolm Jenkins is just going to displace him from reality. All right. Well, oh, I'm well, buying guys. I'm buying guys. I'm sorry. I well, no, I, I, I like it. So I, I, I like your, your Crowder take because, I didn't. I didn't put that together until I heard you say it. But if the running backs in a Jay Gruden offense average five targets a game, where are the other ones going? They don't produce wide receivers on the outside very much. So it's going to be Reed or Davis, whoever the tight end is, and Jamison Crowder. That makes all the sense in the world. It's a great call, Walker. Who you got? Washington. Yeah, I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy guy. Um, he was my running back too in this class and. You know, a lot of people project them to go to Washington in the first round, so they stole him in the second round, in my opinion. And now, as Eagles fans, we get to deal with Geis and Barkley in our division for the foreseeable future, and that's Geis, Zeke, and Barkley for the next four to five years. Congratulations. Yeah, hey, and we got JHI, so we'll we'll get to that later. But um, I I'm a big Geis guy. I'm not worried about Thompson. You guys, you know, said said more than enough about him. He's he's not built to handle any type of big workload, so he doesn't scare me. Samaj P. Ryan's a jag. Rob Kelly's not even going to make the team. Um, I could see 250-plus carries for, for Geis this year. I'm buying if anyone's selling this early on. I'm a Crowder guy. I'm a Reed guy, but his injury history scares me. And having to figure that out and deal with the, the inevitable injury and hopefully having Vernon Davis and however old he is, trying to hope he puts something together wouldn't be my ideal tight end scenario. So I'm probably a Crowder and Geis, and that's about it. Um for this Washington team. I do still like Doxon, but he better do something this year. Um, you know, he's, he's had opportunity um, and hasn't made, hadn't made the most of it in, in Washington. Well, uh, I don't know how old Vernon Davis is either, but he's 100% more mobile than Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates. So I'm, I'm sticking by my Vernon Davis. Shane, take us to New York. He's a- Oh, real quick, Vernon sure. Davis is allegedly 35. He'll but be I mean, 35. Yeah. He, he is in the. Um, he's a freak athlete, though. I will say he's, that. He's in he's, great shape. He's in the 100th percentile spark athlete. That's, um, I don't think he can get better than that. Um, I'm not a mathematician. He was, Mike, yeah. he was Mike Gusecki before Mike Gusecki. He is basically not a human. But yeah, yeah, and he must keep himself in incredible shape. Well,. I feel bad because I didn't do as good of a job with the Giants as you just did with the Redskins. It just feels like there's a lot of obvious things with the Giants, to me at least. Um, 
it feels like Odell Beckham, like I said, Odell Beckham Jr. is Odell Beckham Jr. He's the best wide receiver in football, in fantasy football. Um, still the best dynasty asset, in, uh, to me at least. Um, even though for whatever reason, DeAndre Hopkins has passed him in a lot of folks' eyes. Um, I, I like Evan Ingram. I think, yeah, he's not really a tight end. He, he's more of a wide receiver, um, which is fine because as long as he keeps that tight end designation, there, there's nothing to be scared about. Um, he'll, he'll get those points. Um, looking up Saquon, college stats, just for fun earlier, you, you know, we talk about how great he was. And, and sometimes I think you need to actually look at the stats and put them in perspective. So I just, I looked at his, you know, his daily game, his weekly game. So a weekly average game for Saquon was 101 yards rushing, 31 yards receiving, 1.34 touch, uh, 1.34 touchdowns a game. And if you want it to and say the, the Giants are behind late, they, they could put him on a kick return where he averaged 28 yards a kick return with two touchdowns uh, in his career. But so the guy averaged 132 yards a game and almost a touchdown and a half a game. Like he is ridiculous. Um, if David Johnson doesn't hit the thousand thousand yard uh, mark first, thousand yards receiving, thousand yards rushing, Saquon Barkley might do it at some point. Um, especially if Odell Beckham were to ever leave the Giants, um, I I can't tell you who to buy because unfortunately all these guys you're they're you're paying full cost for them. You're paying full cost for Odell. You're paying full cost for Evan Ingram. You're paying full cost for Saquon Barkley. <sighs> they're worth it. So sometimes it's okay to pay, you know, ceiling prices for players, especially when they're this young and they're going to perform for the next at least probably half decade. Do not trade these guys if they're on your team, unless you are have no other players on your team. And these are literally the only good players you have. If you only have one of these players and the rest of your team is waiver wire material, never sell those three players. Um, Eli Manning, I, I, I buy low in a two – QB Superflex League because sure why not um, I can stream them when the, the matchups are good. Guy I'm selling is Sterling Shepard. I just think he's going to be squeezed out. I was looking through Pat Shermer's uh, coaching career, just looking at some of the historical paces. So his wide receiver one far outpaces his wide receiver two in targets. It's typically 21% to 14%. More importantly, I don't even think Sterling Shepard's the wide receiver two on this team. I think it's Evan Ingram. So the wide receiver three has averaged a wide receiver 88 finish. And that, that's what Sterling Shepard is on this team. So I'm selling Sterling Shepard. If you can get any value for him, I say go for it. Well, I, I, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, I'm maybe a bit more bullish on Sterling Shepard than I should be. Uh, maybe I have more faith in Pat Shermer than I should. But I read somewhere where the RB1 in a Pat Shermer uh, offense gets like a 72% snap share, which if you give Saquon Barkley that kind of a workload, even as a rookie, it's, it's going to be lights out. So I, I'm with you on this offense. If I can buy Eli Manning, even at his advanced age, for dirt cheap and a super flex, I'd love to have him. Because we, we live in an age where you have Deshaun Watsons and Carson Wentz's and Andrew Lux and all these guys that we all love their talent, but we all know that they're all injury risk at this point. You know, they got ACLs, they got a shoulder injury. And one thing about Eli Manning, if you're chasing a championship, he's a nice third or fourth quarterback to have on the back end of your roster. 
like like a very dirt cheap insurance policy when you're chasing a championship. So especially when you're throwing to good weapons. So I'm on Eli. I'm with you. Uh, I turned down a Darius Geis, Robbie Anderson in 2019 first offer today on Saquon Barkley in a league, which is not great. I'd like a little bit more than Robbie Anderson. Uh, had the owner thrown in Stephon Diggs like I wanted, it might have got it done, but I, I, I turned it down pretty quick, and that's a lot. They talk about the 102, a 2019 first, and a guy who was a top 15 wide receiver last year on, a, on an offense that's going to be throwing a lot, and a guy that I like in Robbie Anderson. I'm like, hardcore pass. I don't have any Odell Beckham. I said this once, I've never been in a position to get him or acquire him, and if I had to my, – my thing between him and DeAndre Hopkins, I just – I don't like his annex. I don't like making proposals to the Nets. And if I can have the choice between him and DeAndre Hopkins, just give me Hopkins. I'll, I'll forego the point, point and a half a game, just not to have to root for the guy. All right. Well, we saved the main event for last. Ladies and gentlemen, at DFF Walk, underscore Walk, excuse me, is going to take us to the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. The defending Super Bowl champion. I, I hope they win two. If my Colts can't win, I hope they win two because that way you can do give them that 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 uh that Bruce Buffer, the reigning, defending, champions of the world. You know something like that. And then <laughs> then Philly, Philadelphia fans would would have to show us a new level of obnoxious. Go for it, walk. Listen, yeah, and and we're euphoric now. Listen, I don't want to speak for shame, but it's it's almost everything else is just gravy at this point in time. You know, I had thirty nine years of waiting for that and caring about this team, they don't need to do it again. Sure, I want them to do it again, but, man, that was a uh, tremendous feeling uh, watching that that Super Bowl win. But before I go to my Eagles, I just want to – you were talking Giants, and Rising Giants have two top ten dynasty assets on their team, and the offense still doesn't scare me. You know, it, it, it just doesn't because I agree. Sterling Shepard's going to fall down the totem pole. I already said how I feel about Ingram, and I don't think Eli's good. So it's, it's crazy that I would – you know, I'd be climbing over people to try and make deals for Barkley or Beckham, and the rest of that offense doesn't scare me at all. So, uh, pretty telling. And now about our Eagles, and it's going to be a lot different conversation than than the Redskins or the the Giants were because the Eagles are just a different breed uh, at present. I mean, we can talk Carson Wentz. You know, QB three on a points per game basis last year. I don't think that's an aberration. You know, everyone's talking about his his high touchdown rate. Well, even if you just average out his terrible touchdown rate from his rookie year you know into his second year still looking at a guy that's got a 3900 yard 27 touchdown 11 interception projection uh, off of his first two years i'll take that from him uh he's going to still add a little bit rushing but he didn't do much last year in the rushing category 299 yards no touchdowns um every other quarterback in the top five either had more yards than him and or uh, had a rushing touchdown so you know quarterbacks are still buoyed by running Wentz didn't need that last year, so I think he is predictable. He's going to be able to put up those counting stats. He has a, uh, a bevy of weapons uh, at his disposal right now, and we'll just go right into to Zach Ertz, who you know was uh, tight end three last year, finally put it together, and it wasn't in week 17, which he perennially put up a uh, monster game in week 17 when it, A, didn't matter to the Eagles, and B, didn't matter to any of us on this pod or listening to this pod, so... Um, he was just always frustrating to own, but uh, still got hurt, missed two games. Um, no more Trey Burton there, but they drafted Dallas Goddard. I think that's the secession plan. I could see two years from now uh, him kind of stepping in and Ertz moving on to, to greener pastures because he's going to want another big deal. So I think they're preparing themselves for the future with Goddard. 
I'm a huge Goddard fan. I'm happy he's an Eagle. Wasn't an ideal landing spot from a dynasty perspective, but I'm still a buyer. Um, I think we could be seeing some two tight end sets. Goddard's a, an adequate blocker. We all know Ertz isn't. So I think Goddard can get on the field early um, in this offense, especially if Alshon Jeffries limited. He had rotator cuff surgery, tore his rotator cuff and played all season with it. And of course, didn't have it until after the Super Bowl and all the, the partying was done. So don't know what shape he's going to be in um, to start the season. So there's going to be targets to be had um, for the Eagles. And not only uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but new acquisition, Mike Wallace, who didn't realize was 32 years old, turns 32 years old on August 1st, but still presents as one of the better deep threats in this league. Looked and saw that he was a top 27 wide receiver three of the past five years. And that's what quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, and Joe Flacco throwing on the ball. Suffice to say, he is the best quarterback since he left Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger throwing on the ball now. And I think he can scratch out another, you know, probably top 30 season um, you know, in this offense because there's, there's going to be targets to be had. Torrey Smith's gone. Trey Burton's not there anymore. Um, now, Sean Jeffrey may be limited early. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying Mike Wallace short term. Go to that running game. And I might have to uh, bring Shane back in here to help me uh, sift through this mess because I'm not a Jai guy. Um, anyone that does listen to me or followed me on Twitter last year, I said he's not going to win you a championship because he got traded to the Eagles from the Dolphins. You know, they, they're they not going to give him that workload. He's not going to be integrated in that way, and he really didn't do much. I mean, he was, he was effective as a real-life NFL player, but not as a uh, fantasy player. And I don't really care that LeGarrette Blunt isn't in Philly anymore. Because I believe in Corey Clement. Uh, I think uh, he might break the curse of the bad Badger back um, and paint me as a non-Melvin Gordon believer, non-Monte Ball believer, Ron Dane, whoever else you want to just add on to that laundry list of guys that I just don't think are good NFL backs. But I like what Corey Clement brings to the table. And I think in this offense, he's the type of running back they want. He's going to still get 8 to 10 carries a game, and he's going to do a lot of the receiving work. Sproles is coming back, so he'll get a couple touches here and there, which means that Jai's going to be the first and second down back. Um, little PPR value, touchdown upside. So um, I'd be trying to sell a Jai if I could. I'd be trying to buy Clement if I could. And uh, clearly, if, if anyone wants to sell Carson Wentz, you know, uh, invite me into your league, and I'll give you whatever you want. Just your soul. Well, I'm going to go with a mini hot take before I throw it to Shane to wrap this episode up. But I think this time next year we'll be talking about Josh Adams as the running back to co-own in that Philly backfield. I think going into 2019, we'll say we'll have no more Jay Ajayi, and I think there'll be no more Darren Sproles. And I think you'll be looking at a Josh Adams and a Corey Clement, a Notre Dame, Wisconsin backfield there in Philly. Shane, wrap up the Eagles for us and uh, bring this one home. Um, so, Walk, I was um... – I was just thinking about the Super Bowl um, during most of that monologue because, um, you know, you just kept naming players, and I drifted off watching plays in my head. Did you uh, mention Nelson Aguilar? I didn't whatsoever. Jesus. Uh, totally, that, totally glossed over the breakout wide receiver, you know, and my apologies to, to Nelson. A tremendous yeah. year. Seems Before Nelson. So I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, that's the thing, though. The, the weapons are just so varied. I mean, uh, yeah, I love the Goddard pick. Um, I hated it the night of. I'm um, not going to lie to you. The more I thought about it and the more I looked at Zach Gertz's contract and realized they can basically get out in two years. And 
it, you know, the Eagles are always tight at the cap for some reason. Um, yeah, J.J. is going to be gone after this year. Uh, Sproles already said he's going to retire after this year. So unless he breaks his arm and leg again on the same play, I'm assuming he's going to. And then, yeah, huh, Corey Clement and Josh Adams. Yeah, I, I love Clement. I just I hope that my fandom of the Eagles and what he did in the Super Bowl isn't blinding me to what he really is. I'm hoping he's not just I, I just it feels like there's recency bias there. I mean, because what he did in the Super Bowl was amazing. I mean, he had 100 yards receiving and he made some he had some really good catches, especially the one in the end zone. But there's also the fact that when you watched him all year, he, every time he was given the opportunity, he did succeed. And it, it was a lot of areas that you didn't expect him to. Like, he looked a lot quicker than what we were told he was. He, he was a hell of a better receiver than we ever thought because he didn't, they didn't throw the ball to him at Wisconsin. So, yeah, I think Clement's one of those guys you hold on to. And, yeah, he, he, he might be the starter in 2019. Jai's going to get, I don't know, 12 to 14 carries a game. If he breaks off a couple, you'll be happy with that. I worry about the wide receivers, not because they're bad, just because there's too many good ones. There's no, there's no transcendent star. Um, you know, you have Aguilar, you have Alshon, you have Goddard, you have Zach Ertz, you have Mike Wallace, you have Matt Collins when you want to throw him in there. It's just a lot of receiving options. The defense is good, so I don't know how many shootouts they're going to be in. So I don't know if I'm buying any of the wide receivers, to be honest with you. I, I think I'll still buy Ertz, and I'm definitely buying Goddard, but I'm probably not targeting. No, I'm definitely not targeting Alshon or Nelson Aguilar in any leagues. If I can get Mike Wallace cheap, I'll definitely do that. And then, yeah, Carson Wentz, I'll buy him in every league I'm in. Listen, and, and before we, we jump off, the one thing I wanted to say about Corey Clement, and I didn't, and I was, we were talking limited touches. Corey Clement had a touchdown every 14 touches last season. And just for perspective, Alvin Kamara in his outlier, what everyone considers going to be a regression season this year, had a touchdown every 15.5. He was effective. He said so effective, you're saying he was uber effective. Corey Clement was actually should have been the offensive rookie of the year. He was in my mind. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he was robbed. That's all right. He's got a Super Bowl trophy. Well, the one thing I can say about the 2017 Eagles is thank you because you saved the Colts from what I thought was a big mistake in hiring Josh McDaniels, and you sent us Frank Reich, who I think is going to be a tremendous, uh, a tremendous coach for the Colts. And I cannot wait to see Andrew Luck finally have an offensive-minded head coach as opposed to the dumpster fire that was Chuck Pagano backed by Ryan Grigson. I think, Chuck Pagano, I think him being gone, you add in uh, Reich, Ballard and you add luck back. I think it's a beautiful thing. So thank you, 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Your success allowed my Colts to land Frank Reich. And uh, before I go, I want to uh, pass it to each one of these gentlemen again. So for uh, at DFF underscore walk on Twitter. Walk, where can they find you? Your written and audio content, good sir. Yeah, I say I'm a part-time writer, full-time supporter at the Dynasty Football Factory. Shane would probably say I need to write a lot more uh, than I currently do, but also, uh, as you indicated, dabble with my own little side project, the Fantasy 40 podcast with John Dabari and uh, Andrew Burke. So if you get a chance and you like what you heard from me, you know, go find us on uh, iTunes or Podbean as well. It's, it's definitely a good one. And what they mean by 40 is that a lot of times the show runs about 40 minutes. So if that meets your commute time, 
to and from work and you're looking to, to fill that drive time, it's, it's a great listen. I was fortunate enough to jump on an episode. We did a rookie mock draft a while back, so check those guys out. And uh, his co-host, I, I don't know Andrew as well as I know John, but John also does good stuff at the Dynasty Football Factory. And then if you're not following Shane, I don't know what Dynasty rock you're living under, but uh, Shane, tell him again and uh, tell him about the, uh, the podcast awards. I think that's something that you need to share with these fine people. Yeah, so if I don't mention this, um, Jeremy and Sipes would probably uh, drive here from whatever lands they live from and try to beat me up, and I'd have to call a walkover to protect me. So, yeah, uh, go vote for us on – and I, I closed the page because uh, I'm very stupid like that. So <laughs> Pot of Words is at potofwords.com. He's honest too, folks. Oh, Jesus Christ. He, he, he is, book. and uh... – Definitely, as he's finding this page real quick, we'll uh, we'll let him tell you where to find it. It should be a pinned tweet on his account. I'm pretty sure it's the pinned tweet on the at Dynasty Trades HQ Twitter handle. Shane, where, where are these people going to vote for y'all? Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, find our Dynasty Trades HQ podcast because that's my baby. Um, it is quite funny at times. You guys, uh, you guys can get off the rails quick. You guys talk a lot that, about <laughs> trades, and we love trades in Dynasty. That, that's my that's my first love, and then comes the writing, which I don't get to do enough of, and then the editing. All right, so it's uh, just go on to the Google box and type in podcastawards.com. Um, we're under the People Choice People's Choice Award, and apparently ESPN Fantasy Sports Football or something or another. I don't know. Whatever. Never heard go of vote them. for us. Yeah, go vote for us. Um, if we win, we'll be um, insufferable. Um, so that'll be awesome. Also, we just lost launched a uh, Patreon page, so go on Patreon, look for Dynasty Trades HQ, check out the tiers. Um, you know, we, we got some things there. We're hoping to get in deep with uh, people instead of just on Twitter all the time with the uh, the drive-by responses that, you know, you're able to give. Uh, we'll delve a little deeper in the teams and rosters and maybe even drop in a second podcast for folks that's a little more um, not work-friendly. Um, and then, yeah, go check out our site, Dynasty Football Factory, because that's where you can find all of our podcasts, everybody's written work. Um, there's not one subject matter you can't find on there. We've got Dynasty, which is the most important aspect. But there's even Redraft. There's IDP for those weird folks. There's Devi. There's even college fantasy football. There's some DFS golf. There's everything on there. If you haven't been to our site in a while, then shame on you. You need to go on there because it's an amazing site, not just aesthetically, but also the work on there from guys like Walk and uh, all the other writers. Listen, it's a fantasy cornucopia over there. A good use of the word cornucopia. It means means a plethora. You have a plethora, (laughs) Hefe. Well, listen, on behalf of these two guys, I cannot thank them enough. Uh, Fellow DynastyFootballFactory.com guys, at fellow... uh, Shane's a fellow DF underscore network guy. So on behalf of at DFF walk underscore walk on Twitter and at DFF underscore Shane on Twitter, I am at DFF Memphis. I can't afford the underscore. They're expensive. They don't give those to everybody. But on behalf of these gentlemen, thank you for listening and be sure, sure to check on Friday for a bonus with a couple of fellas. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Oh, we got there.